You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the bottom of the hour. Adnan Verk, MLB and NHL Network host, Cinephile Podcast. Eight o'clock, Sammy Cause, Sam Cosentino, NHL analyst and draft expert for Sportsnet at eight o'clock. And we're giving away a prize at 8.30. A foursome to Wingfield Golf Club. Um, we got to give you the text question. After that 8-2 um, loss by the Flames last night in Los Angeles. Here it is for today. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. Hmm. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. 960-960. Name and location. Your chance to win um, a uh, pass for four golfers to play at Wingfield Golf Club, which is really good. Uh, They have men's, ladies, and senior mixed leagues, and with plenty of space available. And they can host your golf tournament, wedding reception, prom, birthday party, anniversary celebration, and much more in their facility that holds up to 250 guests. There you go. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. 960-960, name and location. Hmm. I've got one. Okay. Um, Like that one time I got hit by a car. Yes. And uh, it hurt my knee yep. and my shoulder. Okay, that's it? Just your knee and, and your I shoulder? And I had a concussion. Hmm. Put me out of work for a couple of weeks. Right as the Stampeders training camp was started, really beat me up. I was pretty sore. That wasn't very good. That was the worst I've been beaten up lately. Okay. It's the best um, I can do. So the Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after getting smoked by a car. Yeah. That's your answer. Yep. That's the best I can do. Okay. The one time I got smoked by a car. Yeah. 960, 960. Name and location. Um, the Flames were completely smoked last night by the Kings. And it's something we touched on at the beginning of the show. I think for the first time this season, that was a coach-killing effort by the Calgary Flames. They had nothing last night. And you wake up this morning, you still look at the standings, stare at them. You think, yeah, there's a chance. Still about a 20-something percent chance of this team to get into the playoffs. Only four points back of the Jets, although the Jets play the Coyotes at home tonight. And technically, Winnipeg has a tiebreaker, so you kind of need a fifth. It's four and a half points is what you're saying? Yep. You have one game upcoming against Winnipeg. Which would be enormous. But you you could be only two points out of a playoff spot after tonight. You you very much could be. Listen, going in against Anaheim, against a Ducks team that has not been playing very well lately, you know, Aside from that 3-1 win here a week and a half ago? Well, I was just about to say, if you can find a way to solve John Gibson, depending on what John Gibson you get, you should be able to figure this thing out. Like, my thing with John Gibson is if you can get a couple of quick ones on him, he usually, uh, to me, seems to kind of throw in the towel on the games. Last time they got an early one, they took their foot off the pedal, Ducks scored right away. And boom, ended up losing the contest. John Gibson started feeling himself and secured dub. He doesn't get many. He's got some wild stats. Yeah, he does. We can share maybe later or tomorrow, but 
there are some historic numbers that he is putting up as far as the highest goals against average in franchise history. And he also ha- manages to hold the lowest goals against in franchise history over kinda the course cool. of a season. Kind of cool. If that's your cup of tea. Yeah. Weird stat. But. Yep. Yeah, it was a tough one uh, last night for the Calgary Flames. At what point in that first period was it over for you? Was it the 3 nothing goal? Was it the 2 nothing goal? Clearly, the easy answer is the 4 nothing goal. What did it feel like? It's this isn't going to go well tonight. I'd say the three goal. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because the first one, you're like, okay, the Flames have been playing well. Backlund misses on the two on one. Well, he gets a shot, and it's a nice save by Copley. And then the Kings had a chance for Velarde in the slot that he kind of fanned on. But you're like, okay, the Kings are getting a little bit of life here. And then they get the first one. And then they get into the TV timeout. And then they get the second one. And then right after that, Zadorov just like stick handles himself into submission and down 3 nothing. And it was at that point where it was like, okay. Maybe actually before the fourth goal after one of the worst penalties I've seen Michael Backlund take all season. That would have been it. That's when you went, okay, everyone's throwing in the yeah. towel here. Even, even number 11 has said, you know what? It's not our night. Not it. Shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, who starts in goal tonight for you? Markstrom. Really? Yes. I love when my voice goes high for Snow Reed. Really? Give um, him 20 minutes of rest. This coach does not care if it is a back-to-back at this point in the year, especially because Markstrom didn't play nearly as much in the first half of the year as he did last year. I would be pretty surprised if they don't go to Jacob Markstrom. And like we said... It's not like in the first period he let in like a whole bunch of shots from mid-ice. Like they were pretty good chances the Flames were giving up to the Kings. There's still hope, I guess. I <laughs> But there is. This isn't a hopeless situation. <sighs> they play the And the Jets. worst part is that like continuing to hope for the playoffs is the best case scenario because like we've talked about, you can't lose enough. You can't lose enough anymore. No. To get into any position that is relevant for this upcoming draft. Yeah. No. Just be stuck in the murky middle for a yeah. generational year. Like the Canucks have been for like 10 plus years. Even the Canucks were bad enough to get down and get, you know, Pedersen at five and Quinn Hughes at seven. Yeah. And this team went and got Sam Bennett at four and Sean Monahan at six and Matthew Kachuk at six. And it amounted to... Very much like what we're seeing in Vancouver. Um, I scoured Twitter last night, and I knew I was going to get a text from uh, Melancholy Malcolm. Your boy. Then, uh, you know what, old chap, uh, it's been a while since I've been on your program. And I said, you know what, you're right. Um, maybe tonight's the night where you get to go scour the, the old Twitter machine and say, hey, how are Flames, feelings, how are Flames fans' feelings about this game? How are they doing it? How are they watching this game? How are they taking this 8-2 loss? There's some interesting tweets out there. Um, are you ready to hear from... When's the last time we've heard from uh, Malcolm, Patrick? It's been a while, eh? Oh, man. It's been a few months, really? I think. Has Definitely it not in 2023 yet. It's the first time this year, I think. Yeah. Really? Um, I think it's a, it's a perfect day, though, for Malcolm, uh, Melancholy Malcolm to come back to uh, the big show on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. 
Um, he picked out some tweets. He said he's ready to go. Um, Alex, let's hear from uh, Melancholy Malcolm after Calgary's 8-2 loss in Los Angeles last night. At Realtron Cava, I hate Huberdo more than any player that has ever played. Hashtag flames. <laughs> oh, a little harsh. <laughs> At Brad W. Metcalf. Hey, hashtag flames. Are you in crypto? Because you've crashed. Timely. Very, very clever. Timely. At RML905. Convinced that Trevor Lewis needs glasses. How does a pro hockey player so consistently miss the net? Hashtag flames. Maybe. Maybe it's a vision problem. He is 36. At Carter Graham 29. Can this nightmare of a season just come to an end? Please. Hashtag flames. Bad enough. I feel like we there's a few of those floating around. Let it end. At Feezy Low. Pumped. Hashtag flames. Thumbs it up. That was simple. Yep. To the point. Little profanity. At same opinion. Good news. The hashtag flames can't hurt me anymore. That means hope died. Hooray. Hooray. Woof. At Carney. Watched one of the best games ever in the hashtag WBC. Followed by the worst I've ever seen a hockey team play in the hashtag flames. Yep, that's a fact. That happened. At Johnny Sully. I think I have figured out what is wrong with the hashtag flames. Oh, good. Sutter needs to get his crops planted on time. <laughs> okay. Gotta get him in, Farming man. Farming burn. Yeah. That's... At Brandon 43. Sure. It's done. It's all over. The flames are not making the playoffs this year. Hashtag fire Sutter. Hashtag flames. Hashtag Huberto. Hashtag Cadre. Hashtag cough. <laughs> All right, there's Melancholy Malcolm, one of our favorites. Tough one to take. Maybe Sutter has to plant his crops. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that, that's the time of year. But then again, he did say, I came here to win a cup. So I think that he's, the timing, you would have thought about that before he signed. Yeah, also, <laughs> um, there's a lot of pain behind those eyes of Flames fans. Oh, man. She is rough out there yeah. right now. Um, I, I couldn't imagine what the Twitter timeline would look like if they lose tonight in Anaheim. Oh boy. Yeah, it's only a we bottom could see five back team to back Malcolm. Yeah, that would not. Yeah, quite possible. Quite possible that after a, a long hiatus, that he just uh, gets a hotel room, pulls up for the evening, and stops by tomorrow. But man, that one just <sighs> one up. One down. Um, on the positive side, we're getting some great kick in the shins at 590, 590, at 960, 960. Uh oh. We don't do that here. <laughs> That's Toronto radio. What do you mean? What? That's been a while since I've done that, too. I was been on top of it, though. Put a you loony were. in the jar. Um, 960, 960. The Flames were beat up in LA like I've been beaten up after blank. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. You know why I did the 590-590? Because I used it on Inside the Lines on Sunday. And my stupid brain just isn't that smart. So it's like, oh, say the text line, monkey. That's all it did. <laughs> I'm not looking for excuses. I'm okay. looking for good texts. 
Yeah, I, I I usually like to. I wish the the saying was uh, the the road to hell is paved with excuses is actually good intentions. Which like are they that different? No, they're they're, they're, well, they're they are they're like cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. Um, I, I'm interested to see what Sammy Cosentino has to say about the Calgary Flames because. Again, this, this team should be performing better than they are. They flat out should be. And when you're only getting one career year out of one guy in Tyler Toffoli, that's a problem. Because where's Andrew Mon- Andrew Andrew Mangiapane? Andrew been? Andrew Mangiapane. Andrew where, where has that little sexy minx been? <laughs> um, he has been no chance to score. Can't score. Nothing. Uh, where's Where's he been lately? Cadre's riding the struggle bus. Dylan Dubé's bench a little bit. off the cliff. Dubé's falling off the cliff. Week or two. And uh, you know how you and I and the fan base loves us some Chris Tanev? Ooh. I thought last night was his worst game of the season last night. And again, it's hard to, to pick on that guy because he's such a consistently hardworking, smart, and responsible he, player. He could be playing through a collapsed lung right now. You'd have we no don't even idea. Know. You'd have no clue. He was not good last night. Uh, but he's, Him and that... that He's Pairing in a big bucket. His... He's been a big bucket of players who weren't good last night. Yeah, like literally. Try and find one player that was good. The fourth line had like maybe some of the best shifts. Backland yeah. line had a couple of good shifts as well. But then the fourth line also, they were basically responsible for the opening goal that kind of started the, the whole snowball effect. So, yeah, try and pick somebody. I dare you. <laughs> maybe Troy Stetcher? He's been good. Hey, like he wasn't yeah. terrible yesterday. Listen, if you're Listen. if you're lone bright spots, the number six defenseman on the team, you got some issues. <laughs> Who just arrived? Yeah, you got oh problems. My goodness, but he's been good. He's been great. Yeah, I can't complain about Troy Stetcher. Yeah, give him an extension. Got in sign a him. fight. Yeah, tore a guy's jersey. Come up. on, eight by eight. Sign yeah. him right now. <laughs> I, I, I think maybe Vladar gets a start tonight. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I, think I know you're feeling Markstrom. I think it's Vladar's night. And Darryl, maybe that's the Daryl wouldn't the even look at him. Daryl didn't even look at him in the fir- after the first four, five, or six goals. How didn't surprised. even look at Adam. I thought for sure we were going to see Vladar in the second period last night. In my mind, I was like, that's the obvious play. But I was also like, it's not going to happen, is it? Like, it's it's not going to happen. And sure enough, here comes 25. Out there again, chin held high. Oh. Poor guy. Those numbers, that did not help the numbers yesterday, too. No. And again, you can't really blame him on a lot of those goals. No. Once again, is he getting into the group of people that were good yesterday? No. No. But was he the problem? Was he the reason they lost the game? No. If Dominic Hasek, prime (laughs) Dominic Hasek, or even George Vesna were in goal for the Flames last night, they don't win that game. Because they were bleeding chances all over the ice, mm-hmm. left, right, and center, and that was the, that was the first time in a long time that they were completely caved in. Like I, can you think of a game where they were just being completely dominant? That Avalanche game on that Saturday night, about three weeks ago, where they got worked. Yeah, where Dennis Mulligan looked like Pavel Bure and Sergei Fedorov cutting through the Flames' defense. Yep, that game they were completely dominated by the Avalanche. Yes. Last night was probably the first time since that game where they were completely dominated by an opponent. 
And they've played some good teams well, too, which is arguably even a more disappointing part of this entire thing. Is that... Yeah. I, I know we've we've minimized the LA Kings on this show. But mm-hmm. they, they look good, man. Like... Do you know who really stood out to me yesterday? As somebody? No. Because he plays a bajillion minutes? I, yeah. Like, as a Team Canada player, I'm a humongous Drew Doughty fan. That guy has been a thorn in the side of the Flames for a very long time, yeah. but you cannot doubt the talent, the general, like, first ballot Hall of Famer type of stuff. Kempe? Nope. Keep um, going. Velarde? Nope. Younger. Byfield? Yep. Hmm. Six foot five. Blew up Tanev skating on well. Yeah, on that Doughty goal. Exactly. They've put him on that line with Kopitar and Kempe, which tells me that they're saying this guy's ready now. Former second overall pick. That was the best game I think I've ever seen him play in the NHL, and I don't think it was particularly close. He was an absolute force to be reckoned with. Like you forget he's six foot five, too. The way yeah. he skates. And, you know, maybe he's a late bloomer, the hands and the well, even then he was what the second overall pick in 2020. Like, yeah. it's not like this guy's been like waiting around forever. Like Turcotte, who's been in their system for, I think, a year or more would be more of a guy that you're like, OK, when's he going to arrive? But yeah, this Byfield, like he really impressed me yesterday. That was one guy who really stood out to me. And Kempe scored the two goals and Kopitar looks like he's going to play until he's like 65. Yeah. And every year, just put up 75 points, ho-hum, and, and be like plus 40. They're a good team. And their young players are just getting better. You can tell how much that playoff run meant to some of those young defensemen. And they, were, and they didn't have Fiala last night, who's had a great season for them. Yeah. But Kempe still showed up. They got scoring from their fourth line. Grunstrom with a couple of bingos. <laughs> Carl Grunstrom. And he looks like such like a Carl Grunstrom with that stupid helmet, <laughs> yeah. too. Can you look any more like a Carl Grunstrom with, the, like, with that huge, little helmet that's yeah. like so tight to his, yep. his bean? Uh, the Flames <laughs> were beat up in L.A. I hate bad helmets. The Flames you, were you beaten do. up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. Your chance to win a uh, pass for four golfers at the Wingfield golf club um keep those rolling in we'll give that prize away at 8 30 but straight ahead adnan verk our pal mlb nhl network host cinephile podcast we'll do that next it's the big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 the fan your number one spot for flames coverage can be found on flames talk with me pat steinberg exclusive interviews trusted insiders and the latest news listen live weekday afternoons at four or stream the flames talk podcast on demand The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Our man, Sammy Cosentino, NHL analyst, draft expert for Sportsnet. Um, Get his take on what went down last night for the Calgary Flames as they got caved in in Los Angeles by the Kings. 8-2. to two. Would you say the Flames got crowned in Los Angeles? I'd say they got clowned in Los Angeles. Ayo. <laughs> Not bad. Zing. Uh, we're also giving away. I like when we give away stuff. Yeah, giving away. Sure. A, yeah. no, no, that, People that was, usually listen. That, that was that was the end of the statement. That was I just <laughs> like that was it. 
I just like when we give away stuff. End of sentence. End of thought. That was it. Well done. Yeah, yeah. great work. I like when we give away I, stuff. I like when I win money. Yeah. I like it. I like when I win prizes. So, yeah, we're all in the same boat here. A uh, golf pass is for a foursome at the Wingfield Golf Club. Our text message, our text question for today is, the Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. There's some beauties on the text line. That is actually making Maddie and I LOL, (laughs) like legit. And ones we can actually play on the air. Usually I'm laughing at ones that are totally offside. Like, I get it. Like, you know, yesterday we'll be talking about you pounding you-know-what. I get it. but Or smashing you-know-what. But today, no, these are good. Uh, There's talking about a gentleman in his banana in his backpack, which is really good. Yeah, like that one. A guy in all-you-can-eat sushi bar on a cruise line that wasn't treating him well. There's, like, so many good ones. Keep them rolling in. 960, 960 name and location. But right now, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, MLB NHL Network host for the Cinephile and the Cinephile podcast, we say good morning to Adnan Burke. Hey, how are you? Hello, George, Maddie. How we doing, fellas? Uh, We're good. Um, Your thoughts on the 95th Academy Awards. Uh, It wasn't overly political, which I kind of enjoyed, Adnan. Yeah, that's the one aspect of it. The only time I thought it might get that way, George, was when Navalny won, which was the best documentary. For those that don't know, Navalny is the main opponent of Vladimir Putin. The documentary is terrific. It's available at least here in America and HBO Max, I'm sure, with the Crave or the hell it is back home. But um, it's really good. And, and I thought that's going to be a political moment because the director's going to go up there and say, hey, you know, they we're fighting an unjust war. Here's what's happening in Russia. But no, none of that. I mean, they, they had his wife there, which was very impactful because, mm-hmm. again, I want people to see the documentary, but he's currently imprisoned. Uh, by Putin, but that was the only moment that it could have been political, and it wasn't. Other than that, there wasn't any moment. I, and I was surprised, George, especially with what's happening in Ukraine. You've seen other moments. You know, SAG Awards have said some things. Uh, I remember Brian Cox when Succession won. He brought the fact that Zelensky is an actor, and we've got to support him. So you're right. It, it, for people who get tired of actors thinking that they're all of a sudden swaying political opinion when it comes to politics, it was very free of that, which I agree with you, was liberating for change. And overall, as a show... I thought it was well done. It was well produced. I think Kimmel's a great host. He got off a couple mm-hmm. of good zingers early, good monologues. Spielberg smoking weed with Seth Rogen. Uh, obviously addressed the slap both at the beginning and the end. And an absolutely great joke about Robert Blake. For those who are not aware, yes. he's a meta star who was accused of murdering his wife. He got off in the criminal case but was found guilty in the civil case. And Kimmel said we're going to vote to see whether or not Robert Blake should yeah. be involved in memoriam. <laughs> now, it's one of those jokes, George, Like, and you guys know this. You've done public events. The question is always this. Do you play to the room or do you play to the audience? And Billy Crystal told Kimmel you play to the room. Now, that joke did not play to the room, but I thought it played to the audience. I thought it was a hysterical yeah, joke. I liked it. Uh, rest, uh, rest in peace, Beretta, uh, you, uh, you scumbag. <laughs> um, wanted to get your opinion, too. The face that Angela Bassett made when she didn't win for Best Supporting Actress was awesome when it went to Jamie Lee Curtis, who, by the way, gave a great speech, thanked her parents. I thought that was really nice. It was very genuine. I felt I felt good for Jamie Lee Curtis. But, man, that face Angela Bassett made at man. Nothing better than when rich people get mad. You know, I, I love Billy Crystal. <laughs> he was in the great movie Mr. Saturday Night, which was made into a musical on Broadway. I saw it with a buddy of mine from Toronto last year. At the Tony Awards, Billy Crystal lost to the guy who's playing Michael Jackson, and Billy Crystal didn't smile, didn't applaud, just looked pissed. I was like, wow, Billy Crystal's mad, and that's exactly what Angela Bassett did. And it's funny because you know other actors feel that way. Of course they feel aggrieved, 
angry, annoyed. But, hey, the camera's on me. I'll just smile and clap through clenched teeth. Mm-hmm. And Bassett wasn't having it. So I'm with you. I'm like, A, it's just entertaining. He's someone mad. And B, I'm like, hey, good for you. Like, I think this is yeah. crap. I should have won. I was the favorite coming in. And as I said to you guys, I'm like, hey, if you want to put a little wager, Jimmy Lee Curtis is the one that could mm. pull off the upset. And she did because Bassett had won, as I said, the Golden Globe. But once Jimmy Lee won the SAG Award, Screen Actress Guild, she had a chance. And you're right, great speech at the SAG Awards because mm-hmm. she was like, oh, come on. Like, what? Like, how the hell did I win? And, of course, her parents, the great Tony Curtis and Janet Lee, the Hollywood royalty, the way she started crying. I mean, her speech and Keith Lake Kwan, who you knew was going to be great, mm-hmm. were both terrific. In fact, that, that's my big takeaway. If you ask me from the 90s Academy Awards, great speeches, especially by the actors. Now, you may say, well, of course, they're actors. They're all acting. It's all, it's all insincere. It's all glib nonsense. But they were genuine. Like, Brendan Fraser's fighting back tears. Uh, Michelle Yeoh winning was a great moment. So those were really special and uh, yeah I wish I could do a better Tony Curtis impression it's kind of like this hey I'm Tony Curtis you know what I mean hey Gary <laughs> Grant yeah, that's, that's about the best Tony Curtis impression I got um, I, 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 Come on. I saw your uh, snacks uh, that you posted uh, for the Oscars yeah. for those of us who missed it uh, why don't you fill us in on uh, what you were munching on during the Oscars well, CanCon so American wife, American kids, like I'm the only Canadian in the family, but they all love Canadian snacks, of course. So I bring it out. I bring out the big guns for nights like the Oscars, and the thing that my wife loves more than anything, ketchup chips. Mm. As an American, there's no ketchup chips here. She's like, oh, my God. The first time she had it, I go, this is incredible. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty underrated. So we had the ketchup chips going. She's a big coffee crisp fan as well. Likes the mini coffee crisp. Doesn't like the full bar. The mini coffee crisp. Yeah, be- parties. Because you can have 12 minis, but you don't feel as bad as if you had two big, large coffee crisp bars. You nailed it. It's all about portion control. <laughs> no. You just have one, you're fine. Go, but you never have just one. Right. You have six, which is the equivalent of two full chocolate bars. <laughs> um, and the big one is Smarties. Mike Rupp, former Stanley Cup champion with the Devils, of course, works with me at NHL Network, one time said to me, hey, the next time you go back to Canada, can you get me some Canadian Smarties? I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah, because the Smarties here are not the same as the ones in Canada. Canada, it's better. It's a better shell. It's a better chocolate. He goes, seriously, I miss those. I'm like, okay. So we, I, I brought up the Canadian Smarties, the coffee crisp, the ketchup chips, and we were, uh, we were guns nice. blazing, man. It was great. Uh, do you always eat the red ones last, Adnan? <laughs> no, I'm a big purple guy. And okay. I remember when I was a kid. I, w- I would separate them, and at the end, I would eat them from a, I'm a purple monster. <laughs> Still to this day, do this to the amusement of nobody except myself. Uh, whose face was better? Uh, Angela Bassett losing for Best Supporting Actress or that catch Randy Rosarena made last night in the semifinal <laughs> between Mexico and Japan? Oh, that's the single best question you're ever going to ask me. I was showing it to my eldest son. And we were dying. And he kept saying, what is that face? I go, that is the cockiest face you're ever going to see. I go, I love it. It is so arrogant. I go, this just, just like stare at me. Look at how great I am. I go, that is, it was just so funny. Because it was a great catch, obviously. But it wasn't like a Jim Edmonds, you know, diving full. It wasn't field. Willie Mays. Like, yeah. Correct. Right. Like, he went to the fence. He timed his jump. Again, I didn't even think his vertical was like 12 feet. Like, he, did, he took a good jump. And he got it. It was, it was perfectly timed. But that face of like just just him feeling himself in the entire world scene was so funny because he held it for so long. You know, it's like when Tatis hits a home run, like you know he's gonna pimp it. But what's funny is just how long they stand there, like they hit the home run and then just stand there seven seconds. Okay, now I'm gonna throw the bat and run. Like that that seems to be it's like milk and a joke, right? Nailing the punchline. When, when you can really kind of let the joke marinate, that's what Randy Rosarino was doing. It was like Don Rickles nailing a joke and then just letting it marinate, just letting the crowd enjoy how funny it was. Thank goodness we have this 
World Baseball Classic and these great games to get us through these dog days of spring training, hey? Because yesterday was a barn burner. Well, that's the big thing, Maddie. Like, for people who have criticized the WBC, and I get it. If I'm a Mets fan, I'm enraged. Like, I'm (laughs) beside myself with anger that Edwin Diaz is not going to pitch this year. If I'm an Astros fan, I'm mad about Altuve getting hurt. Even Freddie Freeman tweaking his hammy playing for our country at Team Canada. I get it. But this is a fan. Dude, these spring training games are just painful, right? Like, it's good for about two weeks. Like, when people say pitchers and catchers are poor, you go, hey, it's awesome. It's great to know baseball's on the horizon. But once you actually sit down, you go, who the hell's number 75? Who's this guy playing for? I've never heard of this guy. And, like, by the fourth inning, you've got to be a real masochist to stick with the whole way. So, to me, I'm like, wait, I'm getting baseball. Now, I get it. It's an exhibition, but don't call it meaningless to these guys. It's it. Especially from the island nations, Maddie. I mean, if you're from the Dominican... Puerto Rican, if you're, you know, any of those, Japanese, for God's sake, it depends on where you are from. These games mean a lot. What happens is that the WBC in America, right, there's not as much interest. People are fighting with the attention of March Madness and whatever else is going on. But I'm with you. If you are a baseball fan and you want to see baseball, that means something. It means something to these players. And it's been riveting entertainment. Like, aside from the USA just bludgeoning Cuba, the games have been tremendous. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember sitting down for for Puerto Rico and Dominican. I go, this is going to be massive. And it ends up being a terrific game. Puerto Rico pulls off the upset. It's now known, unfortunately, for the Diaz stuff. But the game start to finish was amazing. And same with last night. Like, again, I'm flipping back and forth with, you know, Panthers game was on, I think, and whatever else I was watching. But then once it kind of got locked, like, once, once, and I was watching it live, once the Japan tied the game up at three, I'm like, oh, we got a game now. And then Mexico, like, look at the, when Verdugo gets that hit, how crazy those guys are going. Like, these, these games mean so much to these players. And for Japan to win on a walk-off like that, like, you want to say Japan tonight is going to be bananas. Yeah, what are you thinking for this game? I'm just seeing right now that uh, USA is a slight favorite over uh, the, Jap- the Japanese. Well, I'm really pulling hard for my buddy Mark DeRosa, of course, a teammate here at MLB Network. He's the star of MLB Central. So anybody that works with him knows what a great guy he is. Although I've, I've told everybody here at the network, this is good news, bad news. If USA wins and Dero's gone, like the first manager job, he's taking that goodbye Seacock in New Jersey. But at the same time, I think their offense is so loaded, it's tough to count against the USA. When Trey Turner is your number nine hitter, and he's just going off hitting these massive home runs, it just shows how stacked that lineup is. All along, Dero had said to me, yeah, but I just don't know if we have enough pitching. Like, they don't have Max Scherzer and Justin Bruiner pitching. But Wainwright, the fact he got out of bases loaded jam, only gave up one run, to me, that turned the tide in that game. I swear. Like, it could have been really ugly early, but once he settled himself, which you'll get with a veteran like that, one run over four, Miles Michaelis comes in, one run over three or four, they were fine. So I, I think that whatever the pitching will be, will be, but their offense comes to play. And I think, you know, Japan, God, I don't know how you're not going to be spent after a game like that. To have to recover 24 hours later, that, that's going to be a challenge. And then Verk, MLB, NHL Network, and the Cinephile Podcast. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Um, I'm kind of pulling for Japan because I think it just means more to them than the United States. Like, I, I get it. Baseball's America's pastime. I get all of that stuff, but... Man, even we played the call, Adnan, of Jap- Japan winning that oh. game. I just feel like it means more to them than the United States. That is, I'm glad, so glad you brought that up, George. I was checking on Instagram. They've been posting those Fox and the WBC, you know, the Mexican call when, you know, Rosarito's catch. And similarly, and the Japanese call when Rosarito's catch. And you hear the sadness and disappointment. Like that call, they're just going bananas. You're right about the fact they treat baseball like no other. Like in America – as you said, national pastime, people love baseball, but, but football runs the country. 
basketball is obviously very popular. In Japan, it's baseball, 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 like all day, all night. So you are right. I think if you took a poll of, like, who does it matter more to, the Japanese people, it's off the board, and even to the players. Like, yeah, of course, Mike Trout is dedicating his time to play for Team USA, Mookie Betts, et cetera. But if we had to measure patriotism right now, these Japanese players, this means everything to these guys. And the fact that Otani said he could be available in a relief role, like just imagine Otani versus Trout tonight. That is the oh, number man. one thing. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. With happens. the game on the line? Oh, it would be amazing. That's the, like that's where the All-Star game used to feel special, right? Because it was two separate leagues. They never played each other. So I like, oh, my God, what's it going to be like to see Pete Rose play the uh, American League? Now it's interleague play every day. It's like the All-Star game has lost its importance. Like, what do you mean? Like every day it's interleague play. There really shouldn't be any leagues. But this will be an example where, no, teammate versus teammate. And as you said, something which is incredibly meaningful to both of these guys. It's going to be awesome. Did you see the video of back in the pool play when Shohei Otani hit the home run and it got passed around the Japanese crowd and then the guy who caught it eventually got the ball back? That again, example where you're like, what, what am I watching here? Like, where does yeah. this happen? You know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, think of it in America, or Canada, right? People are just fighting for the ball, elbowing, shoving, stealing it from kids. That would happen in Philly, right, Adnan? That would happen in Philadelphia. Like a Bryce Harper game winning Grand Slam. People are like, hey, you want to touch the Harper Everyone ball? Let's take pass a it picture around. and then we'll get it yeah. back, right? Yeah. Sure. Let's all, let's all just celebrate the moment together. Let's all put our fingerprints all over this dirty baseball yeah. and celebrate the moment. It, it's, again, it shows just the way the respect they have for the game, respect they have for each other. You know, Kim Kirsten told me years ago, we were at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And he said, just watch the Japanese team warm up. Like, these are 12-year-old kids. And he goes, it's a cliche, but they're so disciplined. They're so fundamentally sound. Nobody makes an error. The base running is perfect. The way they cut the bag. like it, Again, if you're a real baseball nerd, you watch Japanese baseball, you may not know the names aside from Otani, but they're fun to watch, man. God, like, they're, just, they're just so smooth out there. It's textbook. Um, watching Mike Trout deliver for the United States over and over again, how sad does that make you that this guy's only played in three postseason games and hasn't played in the playoffs since 2014? Well, that's the part of it, George. I hope this removes the stain of those three games that he played where he was underwhelming. Like now we can look back and go, no, I don't think he choked. I think it was just three games. I think he hit 200, like whatever. It, was just, it happened. It was 2014 against the Royals ALDS. Like if he actually had a chance to perform on the big stage, he would do so. He is a quote-unquote clutch player, and he's proving it so far in this series. But, you know, one of the knocks against Trout is he doesn't show enough emotion, right? People think he seems a little bit too laid back just wants to go hunting and fishing. But like you see in this tournament, he's got that emotion there. Trust me, this guy wants to win. He's not just sitting on his bag of $426.5 million and saying, all right, well, Angel's going to be fourth place again. Let's call it a day. No, no, he wants to win, and he's shown emotion and that exuberance. And anybody who thought last year, some of the stories of his back injury, his career could be in jeopardy, I think he's silenced those. Like the, the guy played 120 games last year, still hit 40 home runs. Sixth <laughs> player ever to hit 40 or more home runs in that few games. So, in terms of efficiency, you're not doing better than Mike Trout. And the way he's played for Team USA, it's been awesome to see. Regardless of how some fans of baseball might feel about this tournament, I don't think you can deny that the games are way more competitive than we see in spring training. Do you think this is a, a good leadoff for some guys, or do you think it might be a little bit too much off the top as we get set for the regular season starting next week? Well, the trick has become, Maddie, they're like, what else could you play it, right? When could we avoid these Diaz yeah. situations? What if it was in November and December? So if it was like, you know, a lot of Latin players play Winter League Baseball, you know, what if they went there at that time? 
And the problem is you're going head-to-head with the NFL. Again, it goes back to George's mm-hmm. point why it matters more in Japan. We're too scared to put the league and the tournament then because it's going head-to-head with football, which runs the country. So that right there tells you that, you know, forces beyond what's best for the game are dictating this, right? It's about television. It's about marketing and money, and I get that, right? It's, it's obviously a money-making venture, and it's something the players enjoy. The, the teams, I can imagine, must hate this. I can't imagine any owners, yeah, WBC, that's great, but, yes, but my guy gets hurt. Now, they are insured, by the way, so they'll get their money and all that stuff taken care of, but the only other time I could think of would be November, December. It would probably make more sense, kind of like in hockey, right? The teams that don't make the playoffs go play in the World Championship, and if your team gets knocked out in the first round, boom, hey, Shane Doan's showing up. All of a sudden, he's going to be there playing for Team Canada. So mm. I think that's the option, but it, it just wouldn't happen. I just cannot see them going head-to-head with the NFL. It's just, it's just, there's no way they'll make as much money, particularly in the U.S., and that's where that domestic rights come in. Maybe they could fix it. But, yeah, I think, again, as a fan of your point, Matty, if you would rather watch spring training games, which you have to be a real masochist to sit through all nine innings, or this, like even in a blowout, it's still fun to watch. Like When USA was bludgeoning Cuba, you're like, all right, Let's see if they score 15 because every single player is an all-star. Like when, mm. when you've got yeah. that, that kind of talent, Trout, Bess, Arnado, Goldschmidt, Turner, like it's ridiculous. It's like watching an all-star game. It's so much fun. Um, Adnan, wanted to ask you about uh, Hunjin Ryu. Um, we're, we're hearing that potentially July he could come back. How do you think he figures in the Blue Jays' plans this season? Well, it's going to be tricky because you know that your top three are obviously locked down. With, with Manoa, Gosselin, and Bassett, you feel pretty good about that. The great news is Kikuchi's been terrific so far. Now, again, I know it's during training, but... Don't hold your breath. Exactly, don't hold our breath with Kikuchi. But he's supposed to be a guy. He is, yes, a former All-Star after one great first half of the Mariners and one bad second half, and of course he came over to Toronto. But if you kind of hope that Kikuchi's going to be a guy, and by the way, Barrios should be the fourth, for God's sakes, he's getting $130 million. So Mm. if Barrios is four and Kikuchi becomes five, okay, you feel better about that, but... Ryu feels like he's probably battling for a number five spot if indeed he comes back in July. But Kikuchi is such an enigma. He's such a question mark that you don't really feel confident about him being a number five anyways. You still wonder whatever the hell is going to happen to Nate Pearson. Is he just going to be a reliever now at best? But I think Ryu would still have a place because we know now, fellas, in baseball, you're never going to have five starters get healthy for an entire season. Mm -hmm. You need six or seven starters. And probably by July, one or two of those guys is gassed and one with somebody's hurt. So, Ryu's going to get starts. He's going to make an impact if indeed he's healthy to come back in July. Um, and then uh, let's wrap things up uh, with the old movies again. Um, John Wick 4 uh, coming out this week. Uh, they have the over-under on kills set at 99 and a half. He has 299 through uh, the first uh, the first movie, the second movie, and the three movies. So 299 kills total. Over-under on John Wick 4, 99 and a half kills. What are you taking? I'm, confer- I'm confidently taking the over on yeah. 97 and a half kills because the runtime of John Wick 4 is two hours and 49 minutes. Oh, and I just read a whoa. review in which the critics said, is it too long? Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> but you've got like three great action set pieces. And apparently there's an ending involving a 222-step stairwell, which at one point feels like a stairwell to hell. So I'm going to say, go, yeah, <laughs> I'm going over, well over 97 and a half kills. It's going to be, because I can't imagine, I mean, as I say this, there probably will be one, but I can't imagine a John Wick 5, like at this point, you guys, I think, I think 3 is truly a trilogy, a 4 is just, you know, really kind of emptying all the tank on this one, so mm. I'm going to assume it's 120 kills. I'll take the over confidently. Okay, uh, I love it. Adnan Virk, MLB, <laughs> NHL Network host, and the Cinephile Podcast. Adnan, thanks for this. Uh, keep crushing those ketchup chips. <laughs> thanks, George. Thanks, they- Matty. And the mini coffee, Chris. They go yep. down to- Hey, Adnan, the Miss Vicky's uh, spicy ketchup, 
Chef's Kiss. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll check those out. Miss Vicky's spicy ketchup. All right, add it to the yeah, list. Your wife will probably be like, uh, I've now, she's graduated from like a Lay's ketchup to a spicy ketchup yeah. for Miss Vicky's. And you're like, I don't know what I've done with these in my life. <laughs> I've created a monster, so it's going to yeah. happen. All right, thanks, Adnan. Great stuff. Thanks, boys. Take care. Always the best. Uh, Adnan Burke on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. I love those bags, the little mini coffee crisps. Yeah, it's like the I Halloween them, candy. And then I like break them up and put them over top ice cream. So good. Look at you. Yeah, oh, yeah. But you don't like going to the store and buying the ice cream that already has the coffee crisp I usually in don't it? like coffee crisp ice cream. I like a little caramel in my ice cream. Okay. And then the coffee crisp on top. Okay. You're so worldly. Nope. Okay. That's not it. Okay. Um, bit of a... Smarties in your ice cream, yay or nay? Sure. Yep. Yep. Why not? I'll basically put everything. Right now, what do we got? We got the... Uh, like I black always, cherry like right I, now. Ooh, ooh, I always so feel um, for those uh, people, God bless them, who work, who work at the marble slab. Uh. You talk about forearm strength at the marble slab. Oh. Just absolutely yoked yeah. from wrist to elbow. It's like Popeye's all over the place. <laughs> the way they just kind of mash all those candies and gummy bears into ice cream all the time. I feel bad for them because, like, how do you feel just, like, straight up robbing all those people? Like, the first time I went to Marble Slab, I was like, pardon me? You want how much my paycheck? All of it? Yeah. $10 well, for a milkshake. Listen, if Marble Slab wants to sponsor our show... I'd be more than happy to welcome him into the big show. Yeah. Hey, come on down. I think it's a great rate. And I think uh, Maddie and I would love to be honorary marble slab employees for like an hour and go mash some candy and yeah, ice cream. I can do some. We can work the forearms. Like get again, these Maddie and I's right arms are very strong. Um, Sam Cosentino, NHL analyst <laughs> and draft expert for Sportsnet. Going us straight ahead on the Flames. A2 beatdown in Los Angeles last night. And we're giving away a foursome. Uh-huh. For uh, Wingfield Golf Club. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. The Flames were beaten up in L.A. like I've been beaten up after blank. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russ again, Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.